here we go. Hi, this is Beth. And I'm Stanny. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. You ready to do this? I'm start- I saw I've already started drinking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're three sheets to the wind right now. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to episode one. Stanny, what are we drinking tonight? We are drinking what I have created and called a double peach delight because it is made from Minute Maid peach and a very popular peach flavored vodka brand. Um, If you know what this brand is, it's fine. It's three parts of the Minute Maid and one part of this. And because we're doing impeachment, I thought it would be appropriate to go with something that is doubly peach since we are doubly impeaching. <laughs> right. And I'm also sticking I'm also sticking with the peach theme because I have this little mixed drink right here that consists of some vodka and a peach fizz flavored energy drink. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's quite tasty. All right. Yes. The the peach theme is for impeachment. That is what we are talking about tonight. So uh, as we stated in our Getting to Know Us episode zero, we're approaching this and every other subject from the standpoint that we're not tied to political parties. So we're just going to recap the impeachment itself and then talk about uh, where we go from here. So. All right. So why is this guy being impeached for this? Why is, why is he being impeached? Well, I had somebody tell me on my Facebook yesterday that the Democrats are trying to impeach him a second time because they're jealous of Trump's success. (laughs) So I'm going to start by saying this is not out of jealousy. I'm not at all jealous of Donald Trump. Um, He's nothing. There's no part of my life that I was like, you know what? I want what Donald Trump has. I don't want what he has. No, he's a narcissistic, deeply insecure man and his, his only talent is really in branding himself something very different than he actually is. So that's not I what am, I'd like to do with my life. I am never, I'm going to live and die and never pay a porn star $125,000 to fuck me. <laughs> you don't have to, right? But this is definitely not a, a jealousy thing. And I think it's a little silly that some people think that. Donald Trump was impeached for a second time because he had spent months fomenting this fear and turning people's grievances into an attack on our country and our constitution. He spent months maintaining, trying to maintain his stranglehold on power because he lost the the most recent election. He had a a lot of supporters that were, uh, they had genuine concerns about isolated incidents of some voting issues that honestly would not have changed the outcome of the election, but so tiny. he, right. He would, he turned those isolated incidents into this widespread fear that there was something wrong with the election. So yeah. after he fomented that fear and anger for months, some of his most rabid supporters went to the rabid. Capitol, uh, went to the Capitol on January 6th. And they saw this as basically D day of American democracy. So he pointed them in the direction of the Capitol building and, and said, I'm going to be there with you. And then those, some of those people, not all of them, some stayed outside peacefully protesting, but the ones that went inside the Capitol building and turned violent, they attempted to assassinate the vice president. 
and members of House and the Senate, and they were attempting to stop a constitutionally sacred process of counting votes for the election. So that is why he was impeached. Not jealousy, justice. <laughs> just, just hey, And I would like to point out that the amount of people that died in that insurrection, like treasonous, seditious act by the general populace and people who are supporting Trump is exactly the same amount of people that died in the fucking Boston massacre. Ooh, I never thought of it that way. No, no, it's for real. Like, this is the stuff that we read about in fourth grade and fifth grade. And like, you know what? Coming from a different country, when I got here and I was in grade school and I was learning about the Boston massacre and I was just, when I first heard the term Boston massacre, I was like, holy shit, like hundreds of people died. Like it was just a mowing down of people. And then I learned that only five people died. I was like, oh, what kind of of massacre is that? But still, that's five lives lost. That's five lives lost that shouldn't have been lost for political reasons. And here we are again, 240 something years later, and five people have died because of five people lost their lives a, a yes. vet well a now seven officer, people seven people okay we're at seven because so, two police officers took their own lives after this insurrection so wait there wait, were, wait, wait, wait 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 took their own lives yes yes wow. this was so traumatic for them that they took their own lives that's what th- this is a very this is a very serious situation that's that's, that's right. crazy. That's crazy that we're living in the same type of shit that happened in like the 1800s or 1700s. That's right. And mm. and that's just where we are. I mean, um, and I think that a lot of people misunderstand what impeachment is and what the purpose of it is. It is something that is outlined in the Constitution as a means to decide if a person should hold office, either currently mm. or in the future. So. Impeachment is not a process of a criminal trial. So Donald Trump was not in danger of losing life or liberty over this. And this, this trial was meant to determine if he could be trusted to hold office in the future. So Stanley, we've heard a lot of people who voted for Trump say that he's not a politician. That's what they liked about him. He wasn't a politician. That's why they voted for him. That's why they continue to support him. So I find it very odd <laughs> that a lot of those same people were saying, don't impeach him or don't convict him because, you know, it's not right to say that he can't hold political office in the future. Well, for a guy who's not a politician, what's the difference if he can't hold a political office in the future? I don't understand keep trying so yep. hard to keep his political title when he's not a politician. What's the problem with that? If he's not a politician, there, then don't be a there politician. shouldn't be a problem with that. Right. So I think a lot of people have kind of misconstrued this as it's a witch hunt because we can't convict him because he doesn't deserve to be convicted for this. Well, this is not mm-hmm. a criminal trial. He's not going to go to jail. This is just something that the founding fathers outlined as a means for we, the people, to say that even if somebody doesn't commit a crime, that would be sending them to jail. There are certain things that people do that make them not trustworthy enough to be president in the future. And that's what this was supposed to be about. (laughs) It, 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 It was it was an additional referendum in along with the the vote 
that happened in the presidential election. Like mm-hmm. 81 million or 81 million plus of us voted that like, we didn't want you to be president again because we experienced the last four years and it was dog shit. Yeah. And we didn't want to be a part of it again. But we also want to make sure that after all of that was done, the shit that you incited on January 6th, we don't want to experience again because as we said at the, you know, the top of the show, like you look at historical context and it's like five people died in the Boston massacre. Okay. So, so we've usurped the Boston massacre. Now we're at seven and it's like, we don't want that again. And that should have never happened over something like an election. Like we have constitutional processes that are put in place for these things to happen. And it's been so eroded and just, you know, yes. Trashed that we're, people are dying. Let me just put it simply. People are dying to defend a man, a man, a man, not a concept, not, not, not even our country because these people fought against our country to defend a man. People got flagpoles in their front yards. They took down their American flags and hoisted Trump flags. And I'm like, I'm like, historically, when these kind of things have happened, you didn't, you don't know what's going on. This is fascist. It's very, I don't understand it. I don't understand being willing to set aside all of my principles and my ethics and my morals to defend a person i don't get that it that doesn't make sense a person who doesn't also believe in your ethics and your morals because this is a person who's like paid off you know porn stars and paid off whatever and has sued everybody and has cheated the He's little very man litigious out man. of work and like their just payment and whatever it's like come on man yeah. like that's, yeah. this is not your guy you know, he's not whatever. I think it's important to talk about Trump's defense, his mm-hmm. defense team and their primary arguments. Um, we can kind of summarize these pretty quickly because some of them just don't make any sense. Uh, number one, they were trying to say this was unconstitutional. I'm going to take a very controversial standpoint on this one and just say that we don't know if it's constitutional. If anybody out there is saying it definitely is or it definitely isn't, it's conjecture. And I can give you one simple reason why you know it's not necessarily constitutional, because the Supreme Court, um, the the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, did not preside over this. He is one of nine justices. And in the Constitution, it does suggest that the Chief Justice would be the one to preside over impeachments. He said, I'm out. I'm going to let the, the Senate pro tempore, I think that's what they call him, do mm-hmm. this and sit in. So that's why Patrick Leahy was there. But the fact that John Roberts said, I- I'm going to sit this one out, tells you that it's not clear in the Constitution. Okay, if it were, gonna, he would have been there. You know what? I'm going to go against you on that one. Okay. I'm going to go that? against you totally on that one. I think John Roberts, as a justice, went against presiding over this as a chief justice because of an actual literary English specific issue. It was Mm -hmm. like, I don't have to preside over the impeachment of a president. I have to preside over the impeachment of the president. Mm -hmm. And at the time when the impeachment trial started, 
Joe Biden was the president. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump was a previous president. And I think that was his escape route. It wasn't that because it was unconstitutional. It was literally because of diction. No, what you just said actually agrees with what I'm saying. I I said it it is not decided in the Constitution. We don't know if it is or it isn't. That's Mm. why he stepped back. Because if he were to come out and say it is unconstitutional, or if he were to have presided, that means that he was singly taking a stance, something that nine justices should have to debate and decide. He can't single-handedly decide on behalf of nine justices. So if he were to have presided, that means mm-hmm. that he would have said it was constitutional. If he were to have said it's unconstitutional, that means he's deciding on his own. The fact that he sat out means it's not decided. We don't know. It. We, we really don't know. You know what, though? But I, I do. I do think that it needs to be decided, especially like from yeah. like one of the like here on yeah. out type of things. I agree. Like, this needs to be decided because you know what? I'm going to just read for you. This is the 14th Amendment. 14th Amendment, um, Section 3, it says, No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in an insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. That's the end. But I also want to point out that the Founding Fathers named this a disability. Like, if you did this, it was like, you're disabled. You ain't right up here. Mm -hmm. They called it a disability. They're like, you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I know. you were right. They're, like the last sentence was, but Congress may by a vote of two thirds of each house remove such a disability. They're like, man, you, you. I, I get it 100%. So I think what this tying these things together, because we were talking about the Supreme Court justice mm-hmm. presiding. Yeah. Because he did not preside, that means that we don't actually know because the Supreme Court chief justice can't decide on his own what's constitutional. So I think that it, what overall what has to happen, the Constitution needs to be amended so it's more clear. It just needs to be amended. Secondary to that is, you know, what are the options? What are the other parts of the Constitution that we can rely on? I think what you just read is very clear. If you're participating in an insurrection against our government, you shouldn't you be can't. this. If you're participating in an in- insurrection against the government, you shouldn't be a part of the fucking government. That's right. So where what? we consistently get into trouble is that people, <laughs> opportunists in both parties, 
want to use the exact text of the Constitution to buy their way out of having to make a decision like this. They're terrified of Donald Trump. They don't want to upset his base. So they're just saying, I don't know. I mean, we can't decide if this is constitutional or not. So we're just going to say that this whole proceeding is bunk. That was part of Donald Trump's defense was that it was unconstitutional. Uh, so I, I happen to disagree with that. I, I can't say that it is strictly constitutional that we had these proceedings, but I think it was worthwhile to go through the process because yeah. he did definitely do something wrong. I don't think that he should be trusted to hold public office in the future. If there was a conviction, I guarantee you they would have taken it to the, to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court would have decided whether or not it was constitutional yeah. to do this impeachment. Now, but, for sure, I completely agree with you. This is a person who invited people Matter of fact, let's go before that. He casted doubt on the integrity of our election and then used that as a pivot point to invite people to come to the to the Capitol to a rally that a stage was set. There was sound, there was lighting, there was secret service, there were snipers on roofs, there was, you know, cancellation of oh, everything. I don't know if you've ever been in like the presence of a president before. I have. No. No. You're just so you know, your cell phone doesn't work. Right. Oh, yeah. All of that shit is cut off. So right. all, all, yeah. of that, all of that was in place because it was a straight up invitation for all of these people to come and yes. have a rally. You know, yes. all of these, he spoke, the senators spoke, Rudy Giuliani spoke. Rudy Giuliani went as far as saying that they need a trial by combat. He made reference, not, not made reference, he specifically stated that we need to fight. We need, we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm going to be with you. I'm, we are going down and we're going to show these Republican senators, some of them, not all of them, some of them that were aligned with his ideologies. Um, and that we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to take back our country. You know, we're going to have to fight to do this by force and it's not going to be easy. That is what is called a call to action. Right. Uh, it, what, a call to action do, is definitely very different from a directive order. He didn't give a directive order. He didn't give a directive order. He didn't say, hey, we need to go down there and break down the doors and shoot people and hang Mike Pence. There was, right. a, new, there was a noose out there. The real question is, if you have a person who hands gasoline and kindling and a match to an arsonist points the arsonist in the direction of the building that they want to burn down the person who handed that stuff over never actually lit the fire and let's say let's go a step further to say they don't even have any remorse for doing any of those steps and they actually say to the arsonist after they set fire to the building they say hey arsonist we love you you're very special is that person trusted to hold public office in the future? That's what this impeachment was about. It's not about holding Donald Trump criminally liable for the arson in that example. It's not about that. It's about saying if he's willing to do all those things to point somebody in the direction and give them everything they need to set fire, is that person worthy of holding public office? And in my opinion, the answer is flat out no. Clear because we, we we watched it. We saw it live on TV. We saw it with our own when, eyes. When, when I was watching it, I was texting a friend, and when they started to breach the Capitol, I pulled over on the side of the road, and I'm like watching on my phone, like, 
This isn't like a comic. This is this is real shit that's happening. It's real. Life. And and like people are yelling like, "Where's Mike Pence?" And they're like, "Why are you trying to find Mike Pence? Because they're trying to kill him." Mm-hmm. They they had gallows outside. They they were gonna hang somebody, and they were looking for Mike Pence. Yeah. So this impeachment trial was about whether or not this person who got his supporters all riled up and sent them on off to the building to, to stop of the counting of the votes. Is that person trusted to hold public office? Now, Trump's defense was surrounded mostly about the constitutionality and the technicality of whether it's constitutional mm-hmm. or not. We still don't know because there was no conviction. It won't go to the Supreme Court to make that decision. Um, but also they were trying to say, because the House impeachment managers were focused on Trump's language and whether his language incited these people to violence, uh, they, the defense counsel showed a montage of Democrats using a bunch of charged language and basically saying, well, if you're going to call out Trump on using the word fight, all the Democrats use the word fight all those, these times too. So trying to take the avenue of the Democrats are hypocrites, therefore Trump is innocent. Those two things do not equate. It, it, that's, it's like, that's, that's a fallacy. That's a false equivalency. It's a false equivalency. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's because, almost... Because, because when, when the Democrats used it to, you know, support Black Lives Matter or, you know, with George Floyd or whatever else, with Breonna Taylor, etc., it, it was after an event had occurred. This mm-hmm. is, this is a, a, a precursor. When we're looking at Trump's impeachment, and the trial, his words were a precursor to the violence that happened after. It yes. wasn't as a result of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. And like that's it's not an it's not equivalent. Like it's one is one is one is a reaction, and one is the gasoline to mm-hmm. the flame. Like, wow. Yeah, in, in one in one instance, it's here's the words. Riot happens right afterwards. Versus riots happened. Then the words were spoken. Those two yeah. things aren't equated. But even if the Democrats are hi- hypocrites, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that Trump is innocent. Those two okay. things, it's like, it's almost like if a cop commits a crime and then a year later, that same cop that committed the crime arrests a bank robber. And then the defense attorney for the bank robber says, well, that cop committed a crime, so my client must be innocent. Nobody would accept that argument, but That's somehow that works. I know. <laughs> somehow Trump's defense attorneys thought that that was a viable solution just to say, well, these guys are hypocrites. So my client's innocent. I don't, I don't know. That's but crazy. but 43 senators agreed with the defense attorneys that he was either unconstitutional or that Trump wasn't guilty. Here's the thing, though. So, I don't I don't know if they agreed specifically with the defense attorneys or they just had made up their mind before to preserve their political position. They're holding on to this, what I see as a deflated and defeated and in shambles base. And I don't think that's a good political strategy because you have a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans on the side that's like, like even friends of mine who've admitted like, we didn't sign up for a fucking insurrection. Right. I had a lot of friends said that too. They were, they were contacting me on January 6th saying, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah. I didn't sign up for this shit. Like we voted. The other guy won. Like, what the fuck? What, why are they like, people are dying. Like, that's not, we didn't sign up for this shit. It was a bridge too far. Yeah. 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 And so, and so a lot of people are jumping ship. My, my question for you is this now, as 
a political analyst, as an ape, uh, <laughs> an analyst, a pundit, or an expert. Yes. Why are Republicans still holding on to the Trump base? And we have senators like Ted Cruz, Hawley, etc. When, when we look at people who are jumping ship, prominent people like Nikki Haley, and she's just like, we followed the wrong guy. Like, in 2016, she was just like, yes! Trump's dick is re- is delicious and I want to I'm, I'm on it whatever and like now four or five years later she's just like mm, we followed the wrong guy I'm sorry right. but we still have even Mitch McConnell Mitch McConnell was just like this is a vote of conscience and I'm voting to acquit but just so you guys know Donald Trump was responsible for all of this shit. I'm just mm-hmm. voting to acquit because I don't really want to deal with the fallout. So people, even in the Senate, are on the side of you did some fuck shit. You caused mm-hmm. some fuck shit. People yeah. died because of your fuck shit. But I'm going to vote this way because of my political standing and I want to hold on to this power. But they yes. know he was wrong. My yes. question is this. Why are they still holding on to this sunken ship? Why haven't the rats jumped ship? Because the Republican Party is engaged in a culture war right now. They can't talk policy because their policies aren't working. Their mm. policies are not popular. So when it comes to their path forward, they are clinging to the Trump base because the Trump base will stay with whoever is fighting their culture war. And the Republicans are really, really good about, a bit about branding. They put out great fear-mongering commercials. And if you look at any of these debates, whether it was the, the debates in Georgia or any of the debates in the 2020 election ar- across the country, you would have Democrats that were talking policy. I don't necessarily agree with all the policies, but at least they were talking policy. Yeah. And then the that, Republicans... That you could look up and be like, what is this? What is right. that? Right. Tangible things that we could talk about. And then the, the Republicans were always talking about the radical leftists and the AOCs and the squad and the this and the that. It was not policy. They were talking specifically about the culture war. So it, why it can't really Mitch McConnell break away from that? Mitch McConnell has no policies to speak of and the policies he does speak on, they don't work because it, you know, the trickle was, down economics doesn't work. It was really frustrating to watch this because like I was watching the Georgia debate because I was really invested in it. Mm-hmm. And every time they would ask like Lofer a question, like her, her opening was just like, you know, Reverend Warnock, the radical leftist, like every time over and over radical leftist, radical leftist, radical leftist. And it's like, okay, but we asked you a specific question about how we should approach alleviating the stress of coronavirus. How did you get to radical leftists on that? Can you tell us what your plan is? Like what, you know, and there was just none of that. It was just, it was just gimmicks and gimmicks and gimmicks. And just so you know, I'm not like a fan of like democratic politics because in my opinion, in my view, the Democrats in America are literally right of center. If mm-hmm. you com- if you compare our politics to anybody else or any other country in the world that's socialist or even as far as communist, we are nowhere near, not even close, like on healthcare, 
on education, on debt relief, on none of that. None of that. It's just like it's it's like, not leftist. Like, our Democrats are literally Republicans who are not QAnon and Trump supporters. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Absolutely. So that's why Mitch McConnell can't break away. That's why Ted Cruz behind closed doors says, don't ever insult my wife ever again. But then in public, he's praising Donald Trump because they're dependent on that base to push them over the 50% mark anywhere in the near future for winning an election. And that's the, I mean, that's the only answer I can come up with about why they're clinging to the base is because they don't have a winning policy. They only have the culture war. That's what they're going for. And it, mm. and it causes people like Ted Cruz to do what he's doing, to say that I'm going to hitch my wagons to the guy who insulted my wife. It's really sad. That's it's like, really sad. I, but that's why, to answer your can, question. Can you, can you imagine what that dinner table is like? What that, what that like marital bed is like? We're like the, the next, the next night, the next week, where like he's like you know he's trying to like go in on it, and she's just like that. That, that dude disrespected me. You hold up, hold on a second, hold on a second. I'm not going to pass judgment on the other people's marriage. Their marriage is their marriage. Husbands and wives, husbands and husbands, wives and wives. Married couples define for themselves what their marriage is. So I don't want to think about what Ted Cruz and his wife do behind closed doors. But oh, no, no, you can define whatever you want to define. But like somebody outside of this marriage disrespected one of us and the, the other person ain't stepping up. Then why the fuck are we married? What, what are we talking about? Perhaps they have an agreement that that's not that, an issue that, for them. That, that your political career is more important than our marriage. Perhaps, perhaps that's the arrangement that they have. I don't want to pass judgment without knowing for sure. However, the optics of it is of the full, the optics of it is that Ted Cruz was very upset about it one day and then he- And then he wasn't- Right, that's the issue I take with it is the flip. The only difference was who won the election. So- Oh man. So so, So I have to ask you now, like, what does this mean for the Republican Party going forward? When we have this clear divide between the QAnon and, like, the diehard, like, Trump philatists. That, I, I just made that up. That's a, I coined that. Trump, <laughs> Trump philatists. So you have the QAnon and the Trump philatists in one group. And then you have the evangelicals and, like, the fiscal conservatives. In one right. group. What do you think? Excuse me. God, man. This is a very good drink. I recommend <laughs> this. The Double Peach Delight. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck, I'm going to plug it. Fucking peach, peach Punch and a popular... I'm going to cover the brand. A popular... Yeah, I'm, I'm almost done. Yeah. Guys, I'm toe up from the floor. But... What do you think this means for the Republican Party going forward, having to reconcile that there's QAnon and Trump philatists, and then there's evangelicals and fiscal fiscal conservatives, like two different groups? Let me say it this way. A lot of people think that that's a good, and I think you're probably in this category, think that it's a great thing that the party might split, because then that means that they won't win any elections. 
The part that I'm nervous about, though, is that the progressive policies that the Democrats are putting forward are mm -hmm. not going to fully fix the problems that we have. So we need some of the other elements, the, the non-progressives, to be part of the conversation about what policies will actually work, because I can guarantee you that some of the policies that are that are being proposed by the liberal wing of the Democratic Party Which are not going to fix the problems that we have. I just want to point out that the liberal wing of the Democratic Party is like five people. I know, I know, it's, but it's they're like the ones Bernie, that are most vocal. It's like, it's like Bernie Sanders and the Squad. Yes. The squad is in the House, not even in the Senate. Like there's Bernie Sanders in the Senate, and then the squad right. is in the House. Yeah. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. So it's not like. Right. right. But they are part of the Democratic umbrella, and the liberal wing are very vocal. So they don't necessarily have a lot of power, but they are very vocal. Yeah. And what they're proposing may fix some problems, but they are not going to fully fix everything mm. like they're proposing. And they're saying, oh, we'll just pass these policies. Everything's fixed. No, that's not necessarily true. So we need to have a little bit of balance in the conversation because I'm yeah. telling you, if the Democrats are just going to say, fuck everybody else, we're just going to pass our progressive policies, they're going to be no better than the Republicans passing their policies that alienate Democrats. The policies that they're looking to pass are not even that progressive by by the standards of like of of like actual socialists and actual like the c word people. But right. you know, I don't I don't want to say that c word because I know that triggers the shit out of people. It, it who does. Don't, <laughs> who don't know what like actual textbook socialism and actual textbook communism is about and i've right. had those conversations with people where i asked them i was just like oh you've thrown that word socialist about can you define for me what socialism is and then they go around in circles and you know roundabout roundabout and it's like you don't know because i was waiting for you to use terms like well socialism is where the public controls the means of production but you've never said that at all which right. means that you don't know what socialism is Correct. So, oh my God! That, that, well, that's why that's why Republicans are so good at branding. They don't, like I said earlier, they don't know how to run on policy. They run on the culture war, so they can throw out those terms mm -hmm. like socialism and scare a bunch of people into voting yeah. for Republicans. So we're in this position of where we have no policy discussions because we don't have people who are running on policy yeah. mainly. But and we the, still need those people to be part of the discussion because we can't just throw ourselves into progressive policies only with no right, nuance. Right. It, it's no better than what the Republicans have and, been doing. And then the people who are claiming like progressive policies are just latching on to stuff and just lumping in everything that's mm -hmm. not conservative or not Republican. And it's right. like... It's like, that's not really left anyways. You're just lumping some shit in that we don't even give a fuck about if you were really, truly by the letter or by the textbook liberal or socialist or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like, what you talking about ain't nothing concerning policy, but whatever. Right. So my question for you is this. If the party is now split, because we do have these sects of people, sects, Get off me. Whatever. <laughs> I, I said sex. S-E-C-T-S. -E um, I hear you. I where hear we, you. Where we have uh, the Trumpers, the Trumpeters, the Trumpsters, the Trumpians, and 
the QAnon people to form their own party, the MAGA party. Right. How do you feel that would bode for the future if that happened? It depends. I think it would bode well if the uh, the fiscal conservatives were able to engage in policy discussions with the progressives, the Democratic mm. Party. If that, if I mean, if this is a, a reckoning where we can get away from the culture wars and start to actually have a, a bipartisan effort, and I'm talking bipartisan, not just in in the Senate not just with the politicians that sit in the Senate or the House, but actually bipartisan efforts amongst Americans, then I think that it doesn't matter what the QAnon people do. They scare the shit out of me, by the way. They really do. But if it means that everybody else and every other party is working together to create good policies, fine. Mm -hmm. That's good. My fear, though, is that this is going to split the Republican Party into the QAnoners and the other non-conspiracy theorist people and that the QAnoners are going to be the loudest group, which Mm. means that we're going to continue down this road of being completely divided and getting absolutely no, no policies to actually, to help the American people. Cause I have to say the QAnon people have real grievances and that's why Trump was able to exploit those grievances and make them feel like he could provide them comfort. That's why we're in this position in the first place. And we've had two impeachments because he took people who have real grievances and he exploited them. Yes. Number one, I've got got more impeachments than any other president, you know, two time impeachment champ. Here's my thing. Like I understand your concern, but for me personally, I am actually ecstatic. And there's been a lot of talk about having a MAGA party, which I think would be the QAnon people, plus like the diehard like Trump fillators getting together to have a circle jerk. But my thing is, they don't, if they split the party, they don't have the numbers. The QAnon plus the Trump fillators, they, there's a lot of fellatio going on over there. But they don't have the numbers to affect change or to win a primary or to win a Senate seat or a House seat or a district or whatever. And then you have the fiscal conservatives who don't also have the numbers. Like together, they might have the numbers to compete. But if it's split, what that means is that hopefully there's a progressive agenda that's going to just be fulfilled for the next at least two election cycles. So at least a decade, decade and a half, maybe a decade, where it's like, I don't want to go as far left as the Green New Deal being uh, uh, coming to fruition, but there would be nobody to oppose them because they're split. So this group here can't win because they don't have the numbers. This group here can't win because they don't have the numbers. And soon we'll have electric flying cars. That ain't going to happen anytime with, soon. With, 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 with fucking Elon Musk's signature on the back. I don't know. But well, you... so I, I hear you. And I, I would hope, I hope that you're right about that. But I think that it just causes more division if we just see it in terms of who's going to win each election. If those mm. people winning those elections are running on actual policies that help all Americans and not just democratic uh, cities and states then i'm i'm all on board i i'm cool with that i i don't i don't see that from the left 
which I will reiterate. You don't? That I, which, which I do reiterate that I think is more center right. But uh -huh. I really don't see the alienation. It's like Medicare for all would help everyone. It would. But the and question then, is, is Medicare uh, for all the right way? I don't, but no, it, it would help everyone more than privatize and link to your employment, Maybe. Um, you know, healthcare. So you'd have Medicare for all, you'd have subsidized education, you would have uh, student loan debt relief because of predatory lending that happened for 25 years before now. And, you know, just various other things where it would benefit people, the United States citizens together versus an us versus them kind of attitude. It's, I agree which with you is, if they which, brand it the right way. Which is what is fostered right now. It's like rural versus urban or city. And there's conservative versus liberal. And it's like, no, if we had Medicare for all, we all would have universal, and I'm, and I'm hoping this is what it would lead to. Medicare for all would lead to universal single payer healthcare. And subsidized education. The guy who raises pigs on a farm could have the same education as the Wall Street investment banker. That's what I'm hoping for. Like everyone would have at least not necessarily the same results, but the same opportunity. Yes. And, and I am a huge champion for that. The Democrats need to message it that way. And that's what they're shitty they, about doing. They can't they're message. Terrible they, at they messaging. Can't, they, can't, they can't message. They can't fucking gimmick because they're not riding in on a fucking horse with the fucking AK fucking 47 or AR-15 with the cowboy hat being like, yeah, second a minute. It's like, you know, Obama was supposed to take our guns and usher in Sharia law. That didn't happen because right. it would never happen in the United States of America. And then it was like, well, Biden's going to take our guns. No, he's not, dude. Like, I promise you, I can go to Walmart and get a gun tomorrow by right. this president. Right. I don't right. have a criminal record. I promise you I can get a gun at Walmart tomorrow. But whatever. So my 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 last question for you is this. Do you see a run for President Trump in 2024? Coming off this non-conviction. I'm not even going to call it an acquittal. I'm going to call it a non-conviction. Coming off this non-conviction, do you see Smart a man. run? I, I'm sorry. It, I am who I am. But off this non-conviction, do you see a run for him in 2024? No, I do not. Because anybody who knows a narcissist knows that once a narcissist loses big time in front of a lot of people, they're going to go into hiding for a while. And that's what he's doing. That's why he's been silent lately. He's um he oh he's a mess behind closed doors. He can't show his face in public because he's he he doesn't understand why he lost. Because narcissists in their minds they never lose. Never lose. He lost big time, and not, he can't not, talk his not way only, out of it. Not only did he lose the election, he lost like sixty something court cases and the supreme yes. court and the supreme court was so charged they were just they issued one sentence it wasn't yeah. like one person dissented or whatever it was just like your claims have no standing please do not contact us again 
fuck right. you goodbye. It was like it was like a breakup between like a bad ex and like an abusive lover because he right. appointed like in his term he appointed like three of them. Yes. Yeah. And like even those three was just like nah, bro. Right. And nah. the thing about him now <laughs> is that when a narcissist loses he cuts ties with everybody who wasn't loyal enough to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so he's not going to re-engage in the political atmosphere as an actual candidate. He could do shit behind the scenes, but he's not going to be an actual candidate unless he finds something else he can get from those voters and he can guarantee himself a win because he's not going to lose again. He will. There is no way he's going to put himself into that arena unless he knows for sure that he wins and he wins big. And he can't yeah. guarantee that because some of his supporters are gone now. And they've, they've he doesn't left. trust his supporters. He does not trust his loyalists even. He doesn't trust anybody right now. The breaking point for a lot of people was this insurrection that led to the impeachment. Yes. They were like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people who were fiscal conservatives and even evangelicals were just like, I didn't sign up for storming the Capitol. Right. I didn't, didn't. I didn't sign I didn't sign up for the same amount of people dying. As the same amount of people that died in the Boston massacre. Correct. That's a that's a big fucking deal. The fuck but it was very about. symbolic. It was it very was. symbolic. It was because in a first world country, five people shouldn't die for political reasons. That's right. And here we are again. And here we are. So when it comes to him being a candidate, no. No, he would not do it because he can't guarantee he will win. And a narcissist does not engage in something that's going to embarrass him. Mm. And so do I think he's going to be involved in politics? Probably, but only in ways that will guarantee himself all the glory and everybody some else. Kind of, has to some kind of that. a win. Yeah. Yes, some kind of a win. So I'm not worried about him being president in 2024. No, right. not at all. Um, so I have, I have, I have an... I have another question for you. What mm -hmm. is so so since the base is in tatters and like obviously the Senate is kind of split, the House is definitely split, yeah. and the base is all over the place. Like you got the QAnon, you got the I want Trump to come back, and you got the people who are like, we want um what's her name, the daughter. I really don't remember her name right now. Oh, Ivanka. Ivanka. Yeah, they're like we want Ivanka to run. Or, or or we want the fucking turd Eric, I don't know, whatever, one of them to run. And they just want it to be like a family dynasty, like like the fucking um Kennedy or something like that. Junior is next in line, and then after that is Eric and then Ivanka and then ne Baron. Ne ne next in next in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only line he's next for. A fucking a real by the way. For anybody who's not aware, there there is substantial evidence that Donald Trump is still in deep into an addiction of snorting Adderall. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah. Man. So right. yeah, there's a lot there's a lot about this family that people don't want to see with their own eyes, yeah. but it's quite alarming the the mountain of evidence that, that exists on camera of. The, you know, if you if if you know, you know, if you know you the know, signs you know. of addiction and people snorting things, and um, <laughs> both Don Jr. and Donald Trump have a lot of signs of that. If you just oh, look man. at the camera, as the, the saying goes, you never see smoke without fire, and they're <laughs> fucked out of smoke, man. And, uh, <laughs> anyways, 
this 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 drink is is doing things right now. Yeah. So here's the thing. So Donald Trump, as far as we know, for both his base and his political base, like in the Senate, in the House, or whatever, is canceled, which appropriately is the topic for our episode two. Cancel, yeah. canceling, cancel. cancel culture, and cancel culture. Because a lot of people have been canceled over the course of history for being a fucktard. And right. that's where we are again, because as the saying goes, those who forget their history are doomed to repeat doomed it. Doomed to repeat it. So mm-hmm. we just we just we're just in a so we're just in a, a fucking quantum it's relativity cycle of repeating what we've forgotten. Mm-hmm. I know. But so, we'll dive into that and you know hopefully people will be able to separate Donald Trump the narcissist the candidate for, yeah the narcissist from you know, what they really feel our country needs to do to recover from this. Two impeachments for the same president. That's very embarrassing for our country. Beth, let us know how people can contact us and get in touch with us and get in touch with what we're doing here at Mixed Politics. All right. Well, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Mixed.Politics, on Twitter at, at Mixed Politics one on YouTube, where you can see these videos, you can go back and look at episode zero as well. You can just search mixed politics as two words, you'll find us there. Or if you want to send us an email, ask us a question, or just, you know, spout off about the pen that Staney's using today, you can send us an email at mixedpoliticspod at gmail.com. Everything will be in the show notes. So if you need a recap of all that kind of stuff, you could just go to Patreon and you'll see links to all of our social media there. So... All right, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash mixedpolitics, and there's a lot of incentives for you to support us and for us to return support, whether it's merch or through having you on the show or having you have dinner and drinks with us or having you get behind-the-scenes access for all the stuff that we do preparing for the show and also creating the show and thereafter and delivering this product to you. You can be a part of that as a Patreon sponsor slash subscriber at once again, patreon.com slash mixed politics. And we hope that you would sponsor and subscribe us, uh, subscribe to us. I'm sorry, this drink is- It's, it's very done. strong. <laughs> it's done. No, but it was hitting like it, like it's mixed politics. Like we said, it's gonna be mixed drinks and mixed politics. And I yes. think we provided that so far because this drink is done at least. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So let me just say to all of our analysts, pundits, and experts, Apes. thank you for joining us today. Yes. We will see you next time for episode two of Mixed Politics. Yep. All right. Cheers. Oh, we're doing our cheers. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't cheers with the empty glass. Hold on. God damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna get more. I'm gonna get way well, more. Don't drink. drink so much next time. Jeez. Look, I can't encourage people to drink this stuff if I'm not drinking it. That would be, that would be so Republican and what's the word? Hypocritical. <laughs> so, let's do this. Three, two, one. Cheers. Cheers. All right, there we go. Thanks for joining us. Don't worry, I'm gonna finish this. Ha, ha, ha.